BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. A Senate vote on Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti's nomination to become ambassador to India may be delayed. Republican Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa wants to put the vote on hold so his office can further investigate sexual harassment allegations against a former top Garcetti aide. Grassley says he's received credible information from whistleblowers that the mayor ignored the alleged misconduct by former aide Rick J. Jacobs. Garcetti says he stands by his confirmation testimony before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee that he never witnessed any such misconduct. Late yesterday, the Senate approved a $1.5 trillion spending plan that will keep the federal government funded through September. The bill is now headed to President Biden, who's expected to sign it. But the California Report's Keith Mizuguchi says many restaurant and bar owners in California feel like they're being left out in the cold. The spending plan had included more than $15 billion in COVID relief funding, and there was a push to have billions specifically earmarked for the struggling bar and restaurant industry. But that's been pulled from the final package, despite bipartisan support. It was disappointing news for Lindsay Tusk, co-owner of Quince and Catonia restaurants in San Francisco. I just think it's kind of incredulous that they don't understand or see the need, because the need hasn't changed it's kind of hard to call it an American rescue plan when it only rescues a third of the businesses that needed help. Tusk is part of the Independent Restaurant Coalition, a large group of chefs and restaurant and bar owners across the country who have been pushing for relief for the industry since businesses were forced to close during the pandemic. Lori Thomas with the Golden Gate Restaurant Association, an advocacy group for the Bay Area restaurant community, says replenishing the Restaurant Revitalization Fund was essential for these businesses because they've been accruing massive amounts of debt during the pandemic. These are grants that if the money is used legitimately for legitimate business expenses, including payroll, including back debt, if you can show that it was, you know, during the period that you were closed, things like that, it's it's super helpful. So many businesses applied during the first go-around of the Revitalization Fund that about two-thirds of the applicants were denied funding. And a recent survey of business owners by the Independent Restaurant Coalition found that without an infusion of cash, about 80% of those who have not received federal funding may be forced to close permanently. Here's Lindsay Tusk again. I'm just not sure how much longer or farther, you know, people will want to kind of stay in the fight. I think people are exhausted, first and foremost. Tusk says restaurant and bar owners will continue to fight for a separate relief package that specifically delivers money for their industry. For the California Report, 
I'm Keith Mizuguchi. According to the United Nations, more than 2 million people have fled Ukraine since Vladimir Putin launched his invasion of that country late last month. Two of them are a 94-year-old mother and her 70-year-old son with family in San Francisco. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin says they made it to safety in Germany just yesterday, thanks to a tweet that eventually reached two of Ukraine's most famous athletes who stepped in to help. Katya Sevchuk was born in Kyiv but emigrated to the Bay Area in 1989 as a Soviet refugee. She came with her mother and maternal grandmother to escape anti-Semitism in the former Soviet Union. Her father, Yevgeny Berdal, is a retired government worker, and he has a disability that prevents him from driving. His mother, Katya's grandmother, Zoya Berdal, is 94 and has weathered significant challenges in her life, including losing both parents during the Holocaust and, only recently, surviving COVID-19. Up until they fled recently, they shared an apartment in Kyiv. Savchuk said her father didn't initially believe that the invasion would happen. He kind of was constantly monitoring the news and would tell me, you know, we hear explosions, um... We have the lights off. You know, they turn the lights off at night to avoid being seen by aircraft. Savchuk's grandmother didn't feel safe getting down to the bomb shelter in the basement of their building and was hesitant to evacuate. You know, she's lived her entire life there. I think she was very frightened. Um, she actually hadn't been outside, I think, in a year. She, she just, you know, was adamantly refusing to go. But Savchuk's father finally convinced her. So I um, put out a tweet and I just said my 94-year-old grandma, who's a a Holocaust survivor, and my father, who's disabled, are trapped in their apartment in Kiev. He can't drive. She has trouble walking. Does anybody have any suggestions to get them out? And I did not expect um, the response that I received. More than 30,000 retweets, more than 90,000 likes, and according to Savchuk, at least 100 direct messages. Among these viewers was a German journalist whom Sevchuk didn't know directly. He saw the message and was moved to act on her family's behalf. He knew uh, Vladimir Klitschko, who's a famous Ukrainian boxer, uh, and his brother, who's uh, Vitaly Klitschko, who's the mayor of Kyiv. And he mentioned, you know, the situation to them, and they decided that they wanted to help. Klitschko asked for help from a volunteer branch of the Ukrainian Armed Forces. So they... They found a, a Toyota minivan that the dealership just, just lent to them, really. And um, my uh, dad, my grandmother, and a, a friend of my dad's who's, who also helps care for her, um, and also that woman's parrot, <laughs> got in this minivan and, and set off um, on this journey. With armed escorts who, just weeks ago, were regular civilians. The guys that were with them in normal times, you know, one of them's a a film producer and on the city council, um, you know, but now they're wearing, you know, bulletproof vests, they have Kalashnikovs, and they, you know, escort them um, to the Hungarian border. Finally, yesterday morning, they reached their destination, a hotel in Heidelberg, Germany. Her grandmother, Zoya, weathered the trip like a champ, Sevchuk said. I think one of the first things she did when they arrived in the hotel was to ask for some cognac. They have these accommodations in Germany, for now, but aren't really sure where their next permanent home will be, says Sevchuk. And while she's so grateful for the waves of support that have been life-changing for families like hers, 
she still feels conflicted. You know, the refugees in this war are, you know, being portrayed a little bit differently than, than refugees um, have been in the past from other parts of the world um, where people aren't necessarily white and uh, European. You know, I'm really glad that there's such an outpouring of, of empathy for refugees from Ukraine. I just do wish that the same, you know, sensitivity of coverage and, and perspective was also applied to refugees coming from anywhere. And in the meantime, Savchuk feels even more responsible to support others with similar plights, with the resources she's gathered through this process. For The California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harvin. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Advocates for immigrants in California are rallying around an Orange County man who is suing the federal government over repeated attempts to deport him. KPCC's Josie Kwong explains. Ann Nguyen committed several robberies in California, for which he served 26 years. After he was released from prison in 2019, the state transferred Nguyen, who is not a citizen, to immigration authorities who tried to deport him. But Vietnam, where he's from, would not accept him, so he was released. Immigration and Customs Enforcement detained him again months later in March 2020. But a federal judge ordered his release as COVID cases were rising and said ICE needed court permission to detain him again. A few months passed and ICE detained him a third time, says his lawyer Jenny Zhao of the Asian Law Caucus in San Francisco. I've seen very few cases where ICE persistently went after a person, even in violation of the court order. His legal team intervened and Wynn has not been detained since. He's among those now pushing state legislators to pass a bill called the Vision Act, which would stop state prison to ICE transfers. Asked about Wynn's case, ICE says it does not comment on pending litigation. For The California Report, I'm Josie Huang. The state's top conservation official says that California is very clearly headed into a third year of drought. He encouraged Californians to save water, but the state is not yet mandating it. KQED's senior climate editor Kevin Stark reports. Natural Resources Secretary Wade Crowfoot said the fingerprints of climate change have been all over the state's weather these past six months as it whiplashed between soaking rains and bone-dry conditions. The driest January, February, and now March period in California history. 
He renewed calls for people to conserve water, speaking at a press conference in Sacramento where no measurable rainfall has landed for 60 days. Crowfoot said any decisions about mandated water cuts are best left to local water agencies. Californians have only tepidly responded to the state's calls for conservation, doing less than half of Governor Newsom's 15% ask. March marks the end of the state's traditional rainy season, and there's no significant drought relief in weather forecasts. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. And now to a preview of our sister show, the California Report's weekly magazine. This week, reporter Christine Nguyen tells us about a Vietnamese pop singer who rode the wave of 1960s music inspired by the California surf sound. The singer disappeared for nearly 50 years from the music scene, and now at age 77, she's back. By the time she was 19, singer Phuong Tham shared album covers and marquees with Saigon's best singers, musicians, and composers. Here's Still Loving You Always from 1965. In 1966, as quickly as Phuong Tham ascended to fame, she left her singing career without a goodbye tour or a last interview. She became a doctor's wife and a mom of three living in suburban San Jose. Because I have to take care of the kids, you know. It wasn't until recently, with the encouragement of her oldest daughter, Hannah, that Phuong Tham reclaimed her identity as Vietnam's first rock and roll queen. Hannah knew her mom was a singer in her past life, but didn't really understand what a star she had been. I didn't think my mom was cool at all. And uh, now she's, like, hot. (laughs) So Hannah and a producer found rare original recordings and repaired the tracks. 25 songs like Dreamy Love crackle with energy on the new album Magical Nights, Saigon, Surf, Twist, and Soul. You can hear more of reporter Christine Wynn's story about that awesome Saigon surf music on this week's California Report magazine. It's on some public radio stations or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get the podcast for this, the California Report Daily Show. And that is the California Report for Friday, March 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin, Danny Bringer, Chris Hoff, Jim Bennett, and Brendan Willard, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Grell. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. 
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.